Epinephrines is a mature podcast for adults, despite the fact that I use the word potty whenever I have to go to the bathroom. Listening discretion is advised. How long has it been going on? Oh, it's like a week and I can't sleep and I took Benadryl one time. That lasts for a week. It's got a halfway for a week. <laughs> we actually randomly were there partially for a medical conference, partially because it was rodeo week. And then they send a picture and I was like pointing the wrong way. And I was like, okay, well you didn't send a picture. Flying immediately after a night shift sounded like a good idea. A quiet flight, a nap on the plane, and escaping the endless winter of Michigan by heading to Florida seemed brilliant. The trip started well. Once airborne, my 20-month-old daughter and I fell asleep while my wife happily tinkered on her iPad. An hour later, my lovely wife woke me. My daughter's internal calmometer had detected everything going too smoothly. This automatically triggered the explosive bowel movement center in her brain. Her outfit started out white. It now looked like she had slid into third base on a wet field of asparagus and chocolate pudding. We maneuvered into the bathroom while holding our cute but stinky child with arms fully extended. Next problem? Tiny airplanes have no changing tables. Thus, my wife and child crammed into the mini bathroom and matched wits. Imagine a small cage match of high-stakes feeded mud wrestling. Shortly after, the pilot announced incoming turbulence. I returned to my seat while my wife frantically used 892 wipes on our soiled daughter. A monster turbulence hits the plane. Overhead pilot voice. This is your captain speaking. If any doctors are available, please come to the forward cabin. Thank you. I tumbled my way to the front cabin despite the turbulence. One of the flight attendants was lying flat in the aisle. Two doctors had already managed to get to her side. The first was a dermatologist who looked a little nervous. The other was a retired gastroenterologist who looked roughly 109 years old. Both looked up at me and asked what type of physician I was. I'm an ER physician, I responded. All I saw were two puff of dusts as they evaporated back to their seats. I evaluated the flight attendant in the aisle. All of the other passengers watched the show taking place in front of them. Using my incredible brilliance and diagnostic skills, I assessed the problem and came to the right conclusion. She fell. At this time, the other passengers, now overwhelmed with the desire to help, threw pillows at the flight attendant to help support her. Things quickly escalated out of control. For some reason, pillows in the emergency department are always disappearing. Apparently, that is because every pillow in existence gets magically transported onto airplanes. In about four seconds, 23,277 pillows had piled on top of us. I dug her out of her pillowy sarcophagus long enough for a quick physical. Poof, poof, pillow to the face. She had no neurological symptoms and no neck pain, just pain in her lower back. Other helpful passengers started draping blankets all over her to secure us. So she laid in the aisle on her already hurt back while turbulence periodically tossed her around like a mummy-wrapped bingo ball. I rechecked her neurologic status and suggested getting her into a seat. Poof, 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 more pillows. She managed to get into a seat where she seemed to recover quite well. However, now I had to talk to the pilot. Due to tightened airplane security, I could not actually speak directly to him. I had to talk to him through a small phone, even though he was right behind the door. He asked if we needed to make an emergency landing. For a second, I reveled in my power to have the plane landed. Then, with a Gandhi-esque serenity, I said, No, I think we can just go to Florida. 
At this time, some helpful person handed me a box, which I assumed contained a defibrillator. I said, thank you, which is what you should say whenever a stranger hands you a defibrillator. My patient was doing great. Heading back to my seat, I was tempted to bring the defibrillator with me just in case one more person chucked a pillow at me. Here's your pillow back. Everyone wanted to know about the, quote, dying patient. I gave lots of thumbs up signs and okay signs and quickly retold the story. That's right. I'm a hero. I helped a lady into a chair. When I got off, the pilot asked me to meet the front gate representative. Now I was worried. The flight attendant had been escorted off the plane by EMS. Did she get an anoxic brain injury from all the pillows? As it turns out, they were just following protocol. They called me aside just to thank me for helping. So, what did I learn from my adventure? Well, I never figured out what to do with a defibrillator, but I did finally find a place to practice medicine that had enough pillows. I also learned that even when you're off-duty, you still are an ER doc. (laughs) All right. Epinephrine. Welcome, welcome. Round number four. Five. My name's Rob Brand. I'm an ER doc in the ER, and I am here with my epinephrines. Who we got today? Uh, this is Jacob Barnett over here, physician assistant. Um, to start us off, I was going to say, what is your favorite ER drug and the weird reaction that patients have to it? And mine is Decadron, pushed too fast, gives extreme anal itching. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a thing? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yours could be like a, you know, like you can just pick pick a drug. That's it. My name is Jen James. I'm also a physician assistant in the emergency department. And I think my favorite drug is Draperidol. It usually results in calmness. <laughs> it's your favorite weird reaction. <laughs> 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 this is uh this is Casey Brandt, a clinical pharmacist. Uh, my favorite drug I think is ketamine and well my favorite overall reaction is it fixes so many things. Um, <laughs> whatever your problem is or um, little vitamin K. It's the second line drug for everything. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And again, I'm Rob Brandt. Um, boy, favorite, I mean, favorite medicine and reaction, that might be two different things. But to be honest with you, I think the most dramatic med, especially if you've never seen it before, is giving Narcan to somebody who's on a heroin overdose just because they go from being like a dead person to pissed off and wanting to leave the ER instantly. It's so amazing. There's usually vomiting involved, too. So There, there may be vomiting involved. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to get going. It's like, you were dead. You were dead. Yeah. We don't have anything else that's that effective, really. And any, it's like, that's why they call it, like, the Lazarus, you know, effect. Yeah. It's like, like, back up. And it's like, I got to go. And it's like, you were, you were, li- you were going nowhere. Like, I'm yeah. going to go. Yeah. You had nowhere, nowhere to go. We were very concerned. Well, speaking of nowhere to go, that's a great segue because today's topic is people who are outside on the go encountering medicine not in the ER. Uh, The article was about me interacting with a stewardess who happened to be critically ill, by which I mean not ill on a plane. But I was curious if you guys have ever outside of the ER encountered 
ER medicine or just medicine in general, because I think it happens to pretty much anybody who is an ER provider of any kind, shape or form. I have kind of two incidences, one not serious at all. And the other one more, I guess it's not critically ill, but the patient needed attention. Um, The first one's kind of funny and it was actually a family member. We were at my bridal shower a few years ago and my sisters and mom were there with us. And all of a sudden, all of our phones just start exploding with these rapid calls, text messages. So finally we pick it up and my brother-in-law was home with my two and a half year old nephew and they were working on getting the leaves taken care of in their yard. And as we all know, you don't pay attention for two and a half seconds with a two and a half year old and something bad happens. Yeah. So my nephew had eaten some pokeberries which look like blueberries to little kids. I mean, they look like blueberries to adults. And my brother-in-law was freaking out. And in true, like, ER practitioner, he's on the phone with my sister, and I just rattle off Poison Control's phone number. And everyone just kind of stares at me. And I'm like, what? I call him a lot. (laughs) Well, they'll tell me what to do. Boyfriend, mom and dad, and poison control. Those are the three numbers that you know. Um, But thankfully, if your children do eat pokeberries, it just causes some diarrhea, and they'll be fine. Just make sure you well hydrate them. There you go. Good to know. I'd, I'd never even heard of a pokeberry. That sounds like like something that's like fake. It's like a D&D berry. Like, don't eat the pokeberries. It'll make things poke you. It's like, what? <laughs> I actually have some in my yard right now, and I constantly think about if RJ ate them. Is that that big weed that they just get humongously tall and have giant leaves? And if you pick them, there's a big root bulb on the end. I think I have some of those in my yard, too. Oh, that's corn. <laughs> <laughs> The berries really do. They look like a big blueberry or like a small grape. Yeah, I think we have some of those too. They do. It's a really weird looking plant. Ember has a a big like sweet potato looking bulb on the end. And I remember like I pulled one out of the ground and I was like, oh, I should look this up and see if we can like make something out of it. Like, um, I don't know, cat li- Katniss in the Hunger Games. And then I looked it up and was like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> and just like Katniss in the Hunger Games, if you eat it, you instantly die. That's right. Or you could just use it as a laxative. Yes. Uh, so the other one was I was in Las Vegas, which we all know is my favorite city. Um, we actually randomly were there partially for a medical conference, partially because it was rodeo week. <laughs> And I was there with one of our other pharmacists from the emergency department and one of the nurses. And the nurse and I are sitting in this large conference hall to listen to the other pharmacist do a presentation. And I'm not going to lie. It was like day four in Vegas and we had gone out every night. Um, So my friend and I are sitting in the front row with our Chinese hangover cure food, drinking our... (laughs) Slushies to get rehydrated, and oh, she's she's giving the lecture then. She okay. didn't care the if how we were. She was happy we showed up. Was she was she hungover? No, oh, she was the responsible one. <laughs> she knew she had to present. We're in this room with like a thousand pharmacists, and we hear this noise. And my friend and I look at each other, and we're like, "Oh, someone's having a seizure." And we assume wrongly that. All of these people work in medicine. They should understand kind of the basic 
medical treatment in the field for what to do for a seizure patient. And oh, no. so, as the farmer's cackles loudly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Finish the story. So we're sitting there for maybe 30, 40 seconds. And our friend that's doing the presentation finally stops and goes, Thankfully, I always travel with an emergency room nurse and PA who will gladly go to the back of the room and address whatever medical emergency is there while she's giving us like the death glare. (laughs) Hey, idiots, somebody's in the back maybe dying. Do you think you could at least, you know, lay your eyes on them? (laughs) We get to the very back of the room and there's a very nice person laying on the ground having a seizure and two people are trying to hold the person still another person is on on the phone with 911 saying I think he's dead I don't think he's alive so (laughs) nurse intervenes with the patient and says everybody just back up give them space you know don't touch don't you know and I get on the phone with 911 and this 911 operator is like does a patient have a pulse are they breathing and I'm like Listen, patient appears to have had, you know, a seizure. There's no more seizure activity at this time. They're on their side. They're breathing on their own. Um, Everything appears fine. And at this point in time, the patient's significant other says, you know, they have a history of seizures. They just changed medications. They've been drinking. And the 911 operator is like, thank you so much. I thought we were going to code someone in the back of a ballroom. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, that sounds like the scene from Star Wars where Han Solo kind of busts in trying to rescue Princess Leia. And he's like, uh, everything's cool. Everything's fine here. Um, How are you? <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you there was a couple of pharmacists like talking to each other like, do you think, uh, like, how do you think we could uh, get a dilantin level on them really quickly? <laughs> 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 Figure out like what that is, you know. Are they in a... Like, are they in a peak or a trough right now? Like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, working with a, um, a med student the other day. They were going through some step two board questions, and it was it's one of these same things. Like, um, you know, like what's the f- first thing you should do for somebody in a similar situation? And it was like, you know, intubate them, you know, labs or something. And one of them was like, put them in the recovery position. And they were like, oh, I think I should do this. And I was like, put them in the recovery position because they were in the ER. And they were like, no, I think it's, I was like, it's a recovery position. And of course, and like, sure enough, like, that's what it was. And it was like, very, that was like, dude, like, very, very basic. Like, it's like, step one, put them in the recovery position. I guarantee you, like, nobody went back to their, like, BLS training, even though they, they all had it. Because it's just like, thinking way, way too far ahead and getting really, really analytical. Um, yeah, we, we haven't checked a pulse yet. And the person's either doing a dance move or having a seizure. What's one of the two? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, that was like a, that was a, on a test. Like, I'm really good at test questions, but in person, you know, even, <laughs> even working in the ER, like, I guarantee you, I might've forgotten, like, maybe we should put them in the recovery position and um, just do like basic assessment stuff, check for a pulse and stuff. I would have been like, okay, okay, okay. Like, you know, cause I, by the time I come in the room as a pharmacist, all that stuff is either being done or already done. That's, uh, that's not where our heads go. We're not great. Yeah. case case in point (laughs) i found out later that 
it was uh that lecture specifically was for all outpatient pharmacists so most of them had not even spent any time in an actual inpatient unit or probably been around those kind of medical emergencies which made it a little bit better um my story is kind of about uh a medical event happening and then how many of us talk about in the er like us like ducking our head and pretending that the medical event didn't happen. I think this this happened probably eight years ago. I think it was my first year after graduation, my first year in the emergency department. I had gone with all my friends to a um, like a heritage festival. I think I don't know if it was like I I don't even remember what it, I just remember there was really good food and there was dancing happening like like folk dancing. Um, and there was this adorable old man that was out in his, you know, uh, I don't know, it was like traditional garb, festive garb. And he was doing, you sure you're on a Renaissance festival, right? You know, no, it was, it was true heritage, <laughs> but he was like, he was like down doing like one of those dances where your legs come out and stuff like that. They were all kind of going in a circle. Um, and the poor little man fell over. And oh, no. he did not get back. Oh, no. Like he he landed on that hip. Um, and like you know, everyone rushed over to him. There's like ten people there. There's two hundred, three hundred people at this event, and everyone at the table, all of my friends look at me and they're like, "Go, go help him! You gotta go help him!" <laughs> oh, and, no. and I'm like, "No, I don't." I mean, like I maybe this is making me sound like I'm like. He, like, I'm like, I, I'm telling you guys, I think he probably broke his hip. He's clearly sitting up. He's talking. Look, that person right there is calling 911. I was like, I'm not going to be helpful in this situation. Like, go he fix needs, his hip. He needs to go. I was like, <laughs> if I had a pocket of morphine or, like, if they were doing CPR on him, like, mm -hmm. I feel like I could assist. Yeah, we can need to talk to pharmacy. Can I get can I get some pocket morphine, please? <laughs> that's right. I hear ketamine oh, fixes that. That's right. I would bring that with me now. So it was mostly like me for 15 minutes being like, he's fine, you guys. I'm he's okay. Look, look, there's there's the ambulance. It's coming this way. No, I still don't need to go over there. Like <laughs> I did have one this I have one that was just so similar to that. I was, you know. At Big B, drinking my coffee, doing my typey type as I do. And I was chit-chatting with a friend who also is an ER doc. And we were sitting there and we we watched this, you know, lady kind of walking in. I mean, and it was in slow motion because it was like there was one curb to the sidewalk and she missed the curb while walking and just did a header, just just Ooh. face planted right into the ground. And so we go out there and it's like, I don't know what to do do because i mean she's sitting there she's like ah i'm like all right well you know don't move your head that's what i can do that's yep. it mm -hmm. <laughs> like, i can't check anything i can't evaluate anything i tell you not to move that's the extent of my skills because i don't have any of my supplies or you know it's like i can't get a mm -hmm. ct of your c-spine because you just whacked your head so hard so mm -hmm. call the ambulance and say well, and would you would you want to start doing stuff? And I mean, I guess you would call and maybe just I don't know. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Would you? I mean, like you would, no, call, exactly. you would call and maybe like ask questions or whatever while they're there. But you would still you would call first. 
You wouldn't yeah. say, well, let me figure out if we need to call you. I'm going to call. No, 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 <laughs> no. I agree. You call, you call, let them take care of it. Because outside of, outside of the ER, I'm not going to put on that hat. No. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of, I'm trying to remember one of the more recent ones. I get a lot of poison ivy questions. What do you, what do you think about this? And, um. Like, why am I the rash person? Isn't the answer steroids? You just say steroids, right? Sometimes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Well, the only time it's not the answer is if they're already on steroids. Well, <laughs> that or then you try a different steroid. Well, <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, well, um, I, have this, I have this terrible poison ivy. It's all over my face. It's all over my body. And are you doing anything for it? Well, I'm putting some calamine on it. Um... Okay, well, you, no, that's that's not going to do anything. Yeah, the, how long has it been going on? Oh, it's like a week, and I can't sleep, and I took Benadryl one time. That lasts for a week. It's got a half-life of... <laughs> that's what it's, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like, you know, it's it's a, sometimes it's a complete, like, it's an older uh, lady that lives in our neighborhood that's very nice, and, it, you know, it's it's sometimes it's a complete opposite. It's like you get, you either get asked after somebody has Googled it a hundred times, and they're saying, I Googled it, and this is what I found, what do you think? Or it's, I didn't, I didn't ask anybody else or look anything up at all and i tried things one time and it's not gotten better what do you think and you're going oh man i i feel terrible you've been suffering for an entire week and you've tried nothing i (laughs) wish you had tried something because i feel so bad for you um here i'm gonna give you a list of nine things to do because this is terrible um so like it's one of our neighbors had poison ivy for a whole week blisters everywhere and, you know, had been just putting some calamine on it, thinking that it would dry, you know, that whole, like, dried up thing. Um, like, you know, their face was itching and, you know, having to wear a mask right now. And Go get yourself a hair dryer and dry it off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And she's like, I'm already on steroids um, for, like, a, a chronic uh, immune thing. And she's like, I said, I said, I think you're going to need some prednisone, um, honestly. You're, this is, it's all over your face. And, you know, you, like, you got it. You, and people always do the hydrocortisone. And I'm like, no, there's, like, seven levels of topical steroid. You know, hydrocortisone is, you know, like, garbage. And you need, like, clopidazole is way up here. It's, like, the supreme so that's what you need um but at this point it's all over you need pred- i'm already on prednisone oh okay yeah i'm on 0.5 milligrams a day mm. <laughs> i need you to take your month's worth of pills today yeah i was like you still i was like yeah i was like you know just call your doctor you know just see what they say see what they say and you know and then in the meantime i was like you know what you don't even need to go to the pharmacy. There's a pandemic. I was like, I keep extra cans on hand of, you know, Technu and topical Benadryl and solar cane spray and all this stuff. I was like, here, and I just made up a little personal pharmacy kit. Here you go. And let me know how all this stuff works. And still call your doctor. You're my favorite person in the neighborhood. Here you go. Yep. And then it was like, oh, yep. They put me on prednisone, like a bigger dose and all this stuff. And I feel great. And I was like, Good. <laughs> uh, that's why I really. Yeah, that's right. I just, I don't know. I just started keeping a bunch of extra cans of stuff and like little bottles of stuff on hand, like all throughout the summer and like rash season for people that ask me about this stuff or like at work symptom management stuff. When people ask me and they're like caught out, can't go to the pharmacy and can't do that. I just here, here's a here's some solar cane spray. Here's my ibuprofen. Here's some this. Here's some that. And um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, like instead of a band-aid, you got an apology. Yes, and yeah. With this. And, and some supplies. Yes. I feel sometimes when I get it from my friends, it's like it, it seems to be one of two extremes pretty often. One time it'll be like a mosquito flew into my eye. Should I go to the ER in an ambulance? And it, actually, for most of them, it's not even that. It's usually like literally this happened, like close friend of mine, cool, really cool guy. And he was out on his boat, like in the river, dirty river. He was going to you know, swing in an anchor to, you know, to, to slow, you know, to, to anchor his boat. And he gashed his leg. I mean, and he's just like, do you think I need to go in? I was like, OK, well, show me the picture. And it, I mean, he just opened his leg. I mean, it was like not even subtle. It was, he's got like this 10 centimeter wide open gash. I mean, you could all but see muscle like, dude, he's like, I think I could, you know, maybe put some, some, some super glue on it. Like super glue. You've got a leg that's filled with swamp water. You want to super glue it? No. We're doing the answer to everything. (laughs) A relative of ours, um, asked us uh they said they were out with a friend and the friend like stubbed their toe really hard and they thought maybe it was broken and asked us if they should go in and um get it looked at and we didn't see a picture or anything we said well sometimes if you have a broken toe i i said like you know they said you work in an er they always say this to me you work in an er like what do they do for broken toes and i said well i mean sometimes they just you know buddy tape them i don't know if they do a lot depends on how bad it is i mean go get it checked out. I said, I honestly don't know without seeing it. And they said, Oh, okay, I'll let them know. And then they ended up going in and they said, so they said her toe was dislocated and they had to like, <laughs> you know, line it back up. And then they send a picture and the toe was like pointing the wrong way. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, well, you didn't send a picture. You know how mostly the toes point kind in the same direction? They didn't anymore. I just stubbed it. You know, you stub it. I was like, okay, I feel like that was like entrapment. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I, I, I claim pharmacy ignorance because there's not a lot of pharmacizing to do for broken toes. So... My toe evaluation skills are not great. Um, when you take the Tylenol, pull the toe straight again. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was a little, um, I may have, I, I don't know, I may have underreacted to the report of the stubbed toe. Well, that, and the that's question. not on you, though. That's, that's <laughs> on, that. come on. I, I felt a little, but it was just like, oh, they had to, they had to realign her toe. And I was like. Yeah, tape, <laughs> tape probably wouldn't have helped. <laughs> no, you just buddy tape that hard enough, sure. Yeah, you got real strong tape. <laughs> All right, deep breath on the taping. <laughs> I was like, I'm not answering any more questions for this person. I'm going to be like, you know, just like you kind of, you know, because you have people you know, and it's like, all right, next time you ask me anything, my default response is going to be like, I don't know. You should probably get that checked out because it's never it's never what they say (laughs) i can't trust it (laughs) that read that totally reminds me i so person's like yeah um i was doing some water skiing and i fell water skiing and my ear is killing me and i can't even hear out of it and i keep (laughs) skiing and i'm like uh boy that sounds bad it sounds like it could have ruptured your your eardrum and he's just like like yeah i i think i might have so can I go skiing? I'm like, you need to go 
have somebody take a look inside because if you keep skiing, more water in ear eardrum see, seems bad to me. Then mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna keep skiing. I'm like, what? What? what where? Why what am I even here? <laughs> you asked advice. I gave you advice, and you're doing the exact opposite. I, I, I well, well, I could have a you know, I maybe I'll just put you know, put like a thing in there to keep it from getting wet. Then like, just get. Why am I? What? What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> what you want me to tell you is like everything's fine. Just keep yeah, going, and I'm telling you the exact opposite. I was like, well, you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, so I never mind. Um, I had to do the Heimlich once at Easter dinner. Ooh, like real deal? Yeah, we. My mom decided that she wasn't going to make ham that year because she just didn't want to deal with it. So we had steak instead, and <laughs> we're all sitting around the table, and my grandma starts to choke. And she, I mean, clearly has both hands to her neck. I can hear just this very mild whistle. So there's probably a little bit of air getting around, but not much. And we're sitting at exact opposite sides of the table. And in between us is my brother, who you guys know is military trained medic. So fully knows how to... Do the Heimlich maneuver. And he is too busy shoveling cheesy potatoes into his mouth. <laughs> he doesn't even realize anything's going on at this point. Oh, no. And so I call my say to my grandma, okay, let's meet in the middle. She gets up, she starts walking towards me. I start walking towards her. And probably three thrusts, and the piece of steak came up. And as she's like kind of coughing and clearing her throat, my brother looks up and goes, What happened? I know mom's potatoes are good, dude, but but they're not so good you're gonna let grandma die. But we yeah, my mom refuses to make cake now for any major holiday. Can you blame her? No. And when she makes it for like a Sunday dinner and my grandma's there, she cuts up my grandma's steak. Oh <laughs> makes it into like meat pudding. It's like you're allowed to you can drink your steak now, grandma. She cuts it up to like the same sizes that we give like the little toddlers clever oh that reminds me i did have i had one time that i almost had to do the heimlich with like i was with uh, an ortho buddy of mine and we were watching i don't know we're we're in the movie theater that's where and he throws like a whopper and you know what a whopper's shape is it's like Mm -hmm. the perfect asphyxiating size oh yeah throws it in and he goes looks at me and he's like and then all of a sudden he stands up i'm like i'm gonna have to do the heimlich and then he goes and and Whopper shoots out. Please tell me it hit somebody. I wish it did, because I mean, you're in a movie theater. It's like, was this like previews or was the movie involved? It was. It was previews. It was before the movie started, fortunately. But if, but I mean, it was like it went because he could I mean, it was cho- literally choking, and it went from that to like. Like, dot death screamed like kind of, <laughs> I mean it wasn't funny at the time but in retrospect it was hilarious <laughs> then somebody uh, else like, in another row was like this 3D movie with this stuff <laughs> pelted with a whopper at 130 right. miles an hour to the side of the temple <laughs> it would have been great if it had been timed with like a gunshot or something <laughs> prison ducks oh my god so real what happened to me <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Jen, my favorite part of your story is the meat in the middle part where she was like, <laughs> you're like, could you walk? It will just, in the most efficient way for us. Was there to, like a um, hand gesture? Like you there, me there, we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walk towards me, we'll meet in the middle. And she, my grandma's just a very calm, rational lady. And so when this started, she did not freak out. The person who freaked out was my sister. And she just kept, you guys have to do something. You have to do something. And we're like, we are. Calm down. I'm eating potatoes. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, we are strategizing on a mutual location in which to encounter each other to remove the obstruction. Could you please remain calm? (laughs) She had that little whistle going on, and I knew that that was not enough air for her to last long with how, like, it was just that, like, high pitch, like, barely anything speaking by. And I clearly, my sister still brings this up to me to this day. She goes, She's making she's making noise. She's still moving air. <laughs> she was clearly still moving air. Have you guys are you guys familiar with that? I don't know if it's a meme or a gif where the, the blonde lady has like math equations flying around her head. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's what I'm picturing Jen doing. It's like, okay, how much air could possibly be moving? That is not <laughs> enough to support her oxygenation for very long. We have to get this done in, uh, let's see, we have probably 60 seconds before this gets worse. Okay. Meet me halfway. I'll save a second. <laughs> right. At the end of the table. Yeah, and you're just like, clearly, sister, you are not doing math as quickly as I was about how much time we had. Just don't even, don't even start. This is what happens when we don't have ham for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real lesson mm-hmm. here. Make sure you have your ham. I'll tell you, we've had ham every Easter since then. I bet you have. <laughs> you, are you just like really good ham? Better than steak. So right. better than None of us complained about the ham. I don't know why she wanted to switch it up. Right. This episode of Epinephrine's brought to you by ham. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't even think yeah, I don't even think we mentioned that was all the pre pre-talk. Mm-hmm. Oh well, thank you so much for this episode, guys. I think I'm gonna have to wipe the tears and uh we'll catch up next time. So um I, did we did we come up with a with a sign out catchphrase? Did we even have one? I don't think so. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's only the fifth episode. It's not ham apple. <laughs> That's right. This is epinephrine. It's not ham apple. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't eat, eat steak. steak. All right. Or whoppers. Or whoppers. Oh, wait, no. We, we want to get sponsored by whoppers. <laughs> eat whoppers. You don't die that oh. often. Eat Whoppers. Easy to dislodge. You can get rid of them. That's right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Thank you again for joining us for an episode of the Epinephrines. Remember that all of these stories have been changed from the original story to protect the innocent. And also, if you are looking for actual medical advice, please go see your actual medical doctors. We may be providers, but we are not your providers, so please act accordingly. And next week is our Christmas episode, so get excited. It's going to be fun. We'll see you guys next time. Boyfriend, mom and dad, and poison control. Those are the three numbers that you know.